are up because with the house not selling, we were nervous because we kind of lost Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then we talked him into like putting up a few things for Christmas. So Tara made these wreaths real quick. Oh my made gosh! Them. She well, she bought a wreath and then put the lights in it and put the like bow on it. Oh. So it's like she wasn't like weaving uh, stuff together, but still, I was very impressed. Right. She did like the whole. We have one in every window. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That's still that's still a lot of effort. So mm-hmm. um. she just ne- like she gets like that where she's like i need some christmas and they like we like talked them and let us put up the tree and stuff so but like the good news there is we talked to the uh people we're buying the house from in nc and they've agreed to give us a uh extra 90 days on top of our contingency so we don't have to sell the house till april oh so that's a huge relief there i think part of it is they haven't gotten a place yet. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is the market's also crazy there. And they're like, look, we got these guys. Like, let's not try and start this whole thing over again. So we're very excited. Wow. That, that is like the universe really looking out for you. Uh, I feel like I, well, I, I know nothing about buying and selling a house, but I don't feel like I know of anyone who's gotten that sort of extra time. I think it's uh, like, it's exactly what I, it's, yes, it's, yes. You, I think you've laid out the we reasons really why they likely that, did that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like it was, and it was a thing we were thinking of where we were like, oh man, this really sucks, and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, like, actually, my lead at work brought this up to me. He's like, you know, they're like in the same situation that you are. Like the market's not different for them. And if they decide to let you go, they're, there's not a big chance that there's someone chomping at the bit to get the place too. So I just thinking about stuff we were talking about because I, I I was thinking uh, while while we were doing this sweet sweet property talk is like this is our Christmas episode so we gotta get some Christmas talk in here quick uh, quick I think the whole episode is gonna be Christmas talk so what would you there's one thing I gotta I gotta talk to you about first okay. because when this comes out I think in two days after this comes out um unless it's coming out this two uh, whatever it is coming out this soon Tuesday. soon. Craniacs, if you're also a listener to the Princess Diaries, we are doing a Home Alone episode Ooh. with some our friends on a podcast called We'll Make a Diz Nerd Out of You. Um, and they, we on that podcast talked about the Frankfurt Taiwan debacle airport thing because we were talking about how, you know, they of course were like, um, that doesn't happen where you get on an airplane to the wrong oh, place. Oh, yes. I, th- I thought you were talking about something in Home Alone. I was like, they're going to Paris. I don't know what you're No, no, no. But I, I the real life yes. one that we're talking about. Because um, they said, they said, like, well, this will never happen nowadays. And I'm like, oh, buckle up. Oh, because I, I, I do have a story. I gave a shout out to that episode of Craniacs. Like, to hear the full story, go to this episode of Craniacs. Do, well, oh, right here, I'll insert the name of the episode. Um, but yeah, it was this whole story of someone getting on the wrong plane. Like it, it, it was happening in real time. Laurel was reporting it at, from a text chain she was on. Do we have an update of what happened? Did we talk about it like already? Like um, I think I, I, I want to say that I updated on the next episode. But what happened okay. was, uh, but just just to close the loop in case I didn't, uh, she when when so when they landed in uh frankfurt a a united employee met her at the gate and they got her on a uh like a a lufthansa flight to like i think maybe somewhere in the middle like to uae or something and then she was going to be able to no i think maybe she had frankfurt to paris and then was going to go paris to taiwan right okay yeah i do remember you saying this yeah yeah. again no idea where her luggage is i mean her luggage i guess was in san francisco (laughs) but like oh boy how would how would you have approached this woman that you didn't know and been like, hi, here's my number. Please update me on what happened. Like, uh-huh. like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, just be like, I have to. Know. I would just be like, could we become Instagram friends? Could we become yeah, or something? Like, yeah. Could we be connected <laughs> and just would just love a picture of your suitcase when you get it. Um, now, Laurel, like, let's dive into this home alone thing for a while. Cause again, we watched it for the podcast and stuff like that. It, it's, I think I'm willing to make the, that, that's an oh, annual ahead. watch for you, right? You watch home alone every year. Laurel, I'm willing to make the statement that I think home alone is my favorite Christmas movie. Like uh, I, I am, I'm ready. Okay. I know. I love this for you. You, well, you also stand in the, you like home alone too better. Well, Craniacs may recall that there has been a shift over time of the podcast. In oh, that okay. As I've watched home alone more. Cause I've, 
like I used to watch Home Alone too, like every single year. And then now I mm-hmm. kind of put Home Alone through a little bit of back burner and watch Home Alone more regularly. I do find Home Alone so very sweet. And mm-hmm. Home Alone 2 is like, a, I, I don't know. I, I, I like them both for different reasons. I would say they're about equal to me now. Yeah. I I think they're closer for me than they used to be. Um, I, I It's interesting re-watching them because in the first one, it's, Kevin is such a little brat Mm -hmm. and he develops into like someone who takes care of himself and you watch the second one and we went, you know what? He's not a, it's not like a back step for him. He's like, I'm with this family that forgot me last year. Like the family is awful in the second one. They get worse. And (laughs) if I recall the impetus for Kevin being like sent to go sleep on the third floor or something in the second one is that at the Christmas program at his school buzz, like when Kevin has a solo buzz, like, like put drums on, drums his, on head his head with his candlesticks and like puts the candlesticks behind his ears and everything and just and then somehow and then kevin turns around pushes buzz and pushes everybody him. topples over yeah it's like christmas program ruined and yet kevin is somehow the one who ends up being like well considered just as guilty as buzz and because he won't ap- apologize to buzz is like now the, the the like villain of this yes well two things one everybody in that audience full of parents is laughing at Buzz's mm-hmm. prank, which I'm like, would not I would just be like, would not happen. I would expect like a little like, because I'm like, it's not funny. Mm-mm. Like he's just putting it. What's and and then like Uncle Frank, who oh. like, uh, first of all, speaking of which, Laurel, I believe next week we're 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 going to a at the brute might not be a brutorium, but there's a Home Alone uh, Christmas trivia we should go to and like a Wednesday next Wednesday I think I'm gonna be in Dallas if you're interested I'm in coming be in Dallas, but, um, oh you're gonna be in Dallas okay thank you because I was thinking we're trying to think of a name where it's like Uncle Frank should be jailed should be arrested or something like that yeah, or like, we're trying or like to call think of CPS on Uncle Frank <laughs> yeah he's the worst because he's like sure was called darn funny and it's like no it wasn't Frank you're an idiot so I can tell but you at least what the, the school I grew up in and everything if that had happened everyone would have immediately turned and stared at the parents of both of those kids and been like, yeah, like, Hey, I'm so embarrassed for you, but also like what monster have you raised in terms of buzz? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even then it would have been like those two kids are fighting and it would have, I like, got worst. It would have been that like to me of just like you, you two kids, it would have been like buzz. Well, I will say what's funny is the apology buzz gives like every year makes me laugh more and more from being like, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. I like this. So, like over the top like he plays it so well and then he's like beat that you little trout sniffer Uh which trout sniffer is such a stupid like insult but i anyway so the we watched home alone then we like that whole night became a home alone marathon and we watched home sweet home alone which is the new one that's not that can you say new one that's not the one with like ellie kemper and like rob delaney yes oh that is okay the one that came out like two years ago and i'm here to report that there is a funny movie in that movie it is not a home alone movie like that it's clear that they had a very because the movie starts out and it is primarily from the perspective of the robbers oh okay and the whole thing is they are in this situation where he's lost his job it's this whole thing that i think is very funny where he was like a data uh, he, it, it's it's funny because it sounds very you're like what is this job he was like a data migration specialist and then the cloud came along and he keeps talking about how terrible the cloud is which is kind of a funny <laughs> I, bit I do find that funny and then he's like they're doing a big sale they're, they're trying to sell the house without their kids knowing because they're like we have to sell the house so we would like to to like you know we're, we're losing money we have to sell the house um and the Home Alone kid, who again feels like the tertiary character, it's less his story, mm-hmm. more the burglar story. They think he steal he steals like a weird doll they have that like he's like going through their house while their mom's kind of looking at it. And oh no, they stop over because they need to use bath. It's so convoluted, but the whole thing, the whole the story that's good is they need to sell this house. They think this kid has stolen something from them that is like their grandma's. Like it's it's a it's a doll that the head's on upside down, oh, and it's okay. like, it's like German blah 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 doll misprint worth five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they're like, that's enough that we don't need to sell the house, blah blah blah. It's not which is you know, so they 
are trying and then his parents, you know, the whole thing, they leave and he's stuck there home alone. And so they're trying to break into his house to get this thing. And they keep saying, like, we got to get in there. We're going to find that ugly little boy and we're going to sell it and be rich. And he thinks they're talking about him. Oh, okay. But the thing that's like funny about it or the thing that's not funny about it is you feel for this couple and then they go on to get brutally assaulted by this child like the thing about home alone is you don't like marvin harry they're scary Mm -hmm. like they're Mm -hmm. bad guys and these guys you're like oh but they're very funny because the whole bit is she like she immediately jumps to we're gonna break into his house when no one's there and he's like whoa where is this coming from and me and tara are looking and we're like this is us (laughs) like this is tara's like she's like we have to break in and we're gonna get this and blah 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 (laughs) The, the husband's just like uh i don't know how to be a criminal and it's he dresses up as Santa, like, because he's like going to come in and be like, "Ho, ho, ho!" And that immediately gets dropped when the kid's like, "I know you're not Santa," but it's just funny watching that movie with a Santa getting like thrown down the stairs. But like, I just Tara and I were like, "We want a movie about the, this couple that has to be criminals that are bad at being criminals." Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole sequence where they're trying to break into the house, and then they finally get in, and it's the wrong house. Like they go in, and there's like a whole African American family like reading like the night before Christmas, and they just stop in the doorway and they look around. And they're like, after they've done all this stuff to get in the house, and they're like, they back out. Like it's a funny movie, but I don't know. Like when they're adding the Home Alone stuff, I was like, the the traps he uses like feel actually dangerous. Like he's firing. Uh, pool balls at the dad and the dad gets this huge throbbing hematoma like on his head and it's disgusting and then he's running around with it for the rest of the movie i'm like well this isn't fun and eventually like you can tell they went this is gross and they make it so his hair has bangs in front of it so they don't have to do it for every shot and i'm like thank god the the thing about the traps being actually dangerous reminds me that i feel like maybe every year an article gets resurfaced or something about how like the number of times that Kevin could be charged with murder mm-hmm. in the various home loans. Yes. There's a there's a tweet I saw that was like, remember that at any time Kevin could have called the police, he wanted to hurt these men. Like I think that's so funny. I mean, yeah, it's not 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 wrong. Uh, I, I do have to say, going back to the to the OG Home Alone, that I remember. I think I was like five years old when it came out. And I remember, and this was like, I don't know if this happened with parents in your class, with your classmates and stuff, but the parents would all talk about like a movie that had come out and like if they should take, you know, the kids Mm -hmm. to see it. And I remember one of my friend's moms taking like her daughter to see it and then saying to my mom that like, like, yes, it might be a little frightening that like the thought that a kid could be left behind, but they're like, honestly, I think the scariest part is probably the furnace in the basement. And I was probably a teenager when I was finally not afraid right. of the scenes with the furnace. <laughs> That's so funny because it was a huge scene where like they, so this, so the movie was made. Okay. We watched the whole thing on it, but the movie, they pitched it and they were like, bring down the budget, bring down the budget, bring down the budget. Movies made for $12 million, mm-hmm. which, or they were going to make it for 12 in 1990. Well, they went to Warner Brothers and they said, we can't make it for 12. We need 14.5. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers said, nope, your movie's over. And in the background while that was happening, the director and producers knew someone at 20th Century Fox, and they're like, let the Warner Brothers do it, will expire, we'll pick it up mm-hmm. for 14.5. And we kept talking about how, do you think Warner Brothers kicking themselves in the in the in in their butt because they're like, we're not going to give you an extra $2.5 million, and then that movie goes on to make like $300 million yeah, that year, something become, ridiculous. It's like the most purchased VHS of, like, of all time, or at least of the 90s or something. Laurel, it was the one of the top ten movies for a while. Yes, like it was a top ten grossing. But movie. I'm, I'm saying even beyond the box office gross, it had longevity in terms of yeah. like people purchasing copies of. And if you think about all, all the different cable stations that have paid for the rights to show it during December, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers. But the 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 furnace scene used to be was conceived as this thing where like the furnace like came to life and like walked around and chased Kevin and stuff. It was this huge scene. And then, because we were watching the director's comment, the director's like, and now it's just, uh, we turn on some lights and there's a string attached to the top and we have someone go, hello, Kevin. And he's like, that's it. Like, that's what we got. He's like, as conceived, it was a huge, <laughs> huge special effects sequence. Oh, man. Um, well, I, th- I, th- I think we've set the uh, set the mood for, for holiday talk here. Uh, Absolutely. So should we um, go ahead and get started? 
Yes. Hello, Seattle. Or Merry Christmas, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. <laughs> and we're the Craniacs. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, today, we are talking Frasier, but we are doing it in kind of a slightly different way. Um, over the years, we've seen quite a few Christmas episodes of Frasier. Um, and so Laurel and I uh, decided to kind of go back and look at a couple of the old ones. I have done the f- season one uh Christmas episode, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. Which one did you end up taking, Laura? I called an audible this morning, and I Ooh. watched season five, episode nine, Perspectives on Christmas. Okay. This whole time, okay. I said I was going to do Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, but I have to say, that is such a beloved episode. I know it's a lot of people's favorite episode. I feel like it's been seen a lot, and I feel like it's been talked about a lot. So I okay. wanted to go with a different one. And can I just say, I am so glad I watched this one. I am really glad the one I picked, too. I don't... I Like... I would never say this is the best Christmas episode, but what it was was a really interesting opportunity to go back and watch season one Frasier stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a few things in this episode that kind of made it feel like it really felt like a good kind of wrap up of what they were doing. You know, the differences between now that we're on season 11, mm-hmm. what they were doing back in season one. So uh, I guess I'll go yeah, first go since first it was. Yours was uh, yeah. Yeah. So mine was on December 16th, 1993. Uh, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. Fraser's plans for a Merry Christmas with Frederick, Martin, and Niles are derailed after Lilith cancels the plans to take Frederick to Austria. Now, you did not watch this, so I, I'm assuming I'm going to have to kind of go through the, the, the plot and kind of remind you a little bit. Please, yes, because not only did I not watch it recently, we I would have watched this in, I believe, the year 2019 at this point. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Um, so this one starts off with they are having an office christmas party it's it's the kacl and i think frazier's if i remember correctly is finishing up his show and the christmas party's happening and bulldog bounces in and is immediately like uh hey i i i i have the christmas day uh spot can you cover for me and he like he goes i got the christmas day spot and frazier's just like no immediately he's like well you didn't know what i was gonna ask he's like i know what you're gonna ask and uh because frazier is excited because frederick is coming and they're going to go to Niles and Maris's cabin uh, with the rest of the family mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas. And he's like, I'm not going to miss this. Um, this, you know, so it becomes there's a bunch of jokes in here. Like, it's funny because there's this whole bit where they keep saying, hey, Fraser, you have to take home. What's her name? Bonnie Weems. I don't know if you remember this character, I guess, is mentioned in other episodes. But she gets she's it's apparently she's very. Everyone keeps going, you have to bring Bonnie Weems to drink too much and we, you know, somebody has to drive her home. And he's like, well, I'll do it. He's going, but they keep going, since you're the new guy, you got to bring her home. And it was very strange to think of Frazier as the new guy at this. Well, and I was going to say one thing that's so important about this Christmas is I believe it's his first one in Seattle. So it's the first one where he's lived across the country from Frederick. Yes. So, okay. So the whole bit with Bonnie Weems is everyone's like, you got to take her home. And she's like, he's like, okay. And then everyone starts laughing. He's like, why does everyone keep doing that? And Roz shows up to tell him why. And we get a, a reappearance of season one, Roz hair, which was a wonderful thing. Mermaid I hair. It was, if I it was so good to come back. Um, I did a little digging. Perry Gilpin is 32 in season one and Frazier is 38. So that was a little, was just to think about uh, how old they were back then. So now they're almost like, he's almost in his fifties, I guess, by the time we're, where we are. Um, but it's essentially this character like gets drunk and then won't take no for an answer mm-hmm. from whoever drives her home. And then this woman appears in the, uh, doorway of the, of the booth and says, you know, Dr. Cran, I heard you're taking me home. He goes, yes. And then she just like reaches over and picks him up and p- throws her over his shoulder and carries him out, which was silly. But apparently they mentioned, they, they mentioned this character before. And this is her only appearance, but she's also apparently in a picture. Remember how they had those pictures on the wall of everybody? And it was like Bulldog Show and the oh, uh-huh, Frasier uh-huh. Show and the Hall. Like, apparently she's in one of those pictures for, like, all the way until s- for the majority of the series 11 season run. Like, that oh. actress or whatever was just in the show in the background. Or maybe she just had... It says... Has has a picture, so it's yeah, it's her picture. It's not even just a poster, but yeah, apparently she's in there somewhere. Um, but anyway, so then the next part is they go. He goes back to the house, and the the, the, there's a couple different things that happen. But the big thing is 
Lilith calls and says, I'm taking uh, Frederick to Austria. We've had this opportunity to go to like the Von Trapp house from and, and Sound of Music is his favorite movie and all this, uh, c- which I feel like is a very big way for the writers to excuse the fact that a divorced mom is like, I'm not giving to you to you. You know, there's implications there that are beyond just like there's legal implications. Right. There, right. And uh, yes. And to have it happen so very last minute of like what now Frazier like Christmas Eve yes, now Frazier's yeah. out the money for Frederick's plane ticket which was probably not just like all these things but can I say I, I have to go back and listen to the episode where we talk about this specific one for the first time but like I'm sorry spending Christmas at like the Von Trapp family house in Austria sign me up amazing I would be there in a heartbeat uh, Sound Music is also one of my favorite movies so yeah but like. To me, at that point, it's like, "Hey, Fraser, get on a plane. Like, we'll pay for like, like." Or, but I'm sorry, Frederick's also at this point like five. I would not know. Oh yeah, I, yeah I would yeah, not. Okay. I would not be like, "This is going to be fun for." I, no, he's older than five. Like he's no in the first season. We don't even meet Frederick in the first season. The first time we see him is like season two or three, and he's like six or seven then. Okay, maybe. Um, I remember he had the hair of like Tony Danza on who's the yes, boss but that was when like, we first see him. That, that was character. later. That was, that was later Christmas. Episode. Oh, okay. 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 Um, but yeah, it's so there's a couple of things in here that I kind of, if you like dig a little deeper, you're like, well, there's some interesting implications, but yeah. So that's the emphasis of that scene, but there's a couple other things that come on. We also receive the see, I don't want to say the return of, because we're going backwards, but are things that I had kind of forgotten about. And one of them I wrote was, Oh, right. Horny Niles. <laughs> because I, I, have, Niles, I, I have to say, I have some horny Niles in mind, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I forgot, like, season one is rough. Because like, that's like, he's got two character traits in season one. It's like, he's particular and he's horny. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the whole thing he's done is he is, Fraser's like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I was getting some help deciding Maris's. First, there's a whole bit where he holds his cup of eggnog and Eddie like drinks from it which feels it feels like we're getting all the season one hits Mm -hmm. it's like eddie being you know a pain to the the brothers whatever but he goes um i i needed some help deciding what to get maris and daphne comes out in a very stunning black little cocktail kind of dress and is like i like this one better than the red one and then like it keeps cutting to fraser just giving niles this look like you know what you're Mm -hmm. doing whatever and it's I started thinking about it. It's not so much that Niles is horny. It's that he's like married. It's like he is lusting after this. And then I think it's smart that we never see Maris because you never get a chance to put any sort of like when they're married, especially any sort of um, I feel like they could have shown her like in season 11, but I like that they didn't. But you don't get any sort of like sympathy on her because you never view her as a person. She's just this entity that exists outside of the show. Yeah, I, I think it's also like Niles taking advantage of Daphne's like naivete and Daphne's just like yes. just politeness and willingness. And she's like, well, of course I'm going to help Dr. Crane find a, a Christmas present for his wife and not cluing into the fact that like, he's asking me to put on these very like form fitting revealing dresses that he has no intention of giving Maris. Cause she's so naive well, I about think, it. I, I think she plays it very well because I think there's a lesser actress would have, built up the like like i can kind of believe that you know we they do this for seven seasons and god bless jane levy's for like getting this as going as far with this bit as she could but they do a pretty good job of her actually feeling innocent and not being like this kind of like unassuming sex pot mm-hmm. character who's just like what do you think of this miss dr crane i don't know why she's got the harley quinn voice in this information i'm doing but you know what i'm saying like she just comes out she's like i like the the red one she does it she plays it so straight that it feels very innocent on her behalf and david hyde pierce does the best he can with this stuff enough so that i think they adjust the characters a little bit eventually over time where i feel like he could be very tex avery wolf like the mask mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the with the eyes and whoa. But instead he just mentioned Tex Avery like once an episode for the past two or three episodes. I don't know. I guess it's just showing up. Well, but like he does a good job of just like, he's very stiff and still, but then like he drops his glass or something. And it's, it's very funny to me. Um, I do kind of wish horny Niles would come back for like his wife. Like 
she would come out in an outfit like that and he'd drop his glass mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like I'd like to see some of that and then it's like kind of the thing of him being like oh this is okay because <laughs> I'm married to her That's you true. know that would like, be a fun I mean we passed that point like he when they got together it yeah. would have been better if he had done that like right when they first got together um but yeah okay so that's I I just so they do that bit but then there's so Fraser's getting upset well he gets upset about that situation then he starts getting upset about Martin's you know something we set up for just about every Christmas episode is him getting upset at Art Martin's um decorations and this was something we talked about because Fraser's like I'm going to put these up so I finally have something of my own here and it's chili pepper chili pepper uh Christmas lights and I very distinctly remember us going this and uh Martin's like I don't want to put those up and I'm like this feels like something Martin would put up and Fraser would be like absolutely not a hundred percent yes as a matter of fact when you first mentioned this I was like wait isn't it that Martin wants to put them up and Fraser finds them hideous No, it's the opposite. He goes, well, Frazier goes, well, they're very in vogue, but which I think was potentially true from Mm -hmm. the time because we talked about this. I used to have for like band concerts and stuff that had like my dad's tie I used and he had a couple Tabasco ties Mm -hmm. and I would always be like, I want the Tabasco Mm -hmm. tie because I thought they were kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But at no point did they feel like high society or like like yes they were in vogue but in the same way that like the Budweiser frog commercials were in vogue and I don't see like Fraser getting excited about those like it's a pop culture phenomenon it's not high society like high art any of that stuff it was it's a weird thing and it's it's very quick like I I do get the whole thing of like what they're doing but the chili pepper lights was like like, this this seems out of place Mm -hmm. um so is around this time is, is Fraser this when Fraser gets the call from Lilith that Frederick won't be coming. Yes, this okay. is during this during this scene. This is this is actually after he gets the call because like he's reacting to like, well, I'm not going to the thing, and I want. I think he does this because he's like, well, I want one thing up in this house that feels like mine, and then him and Martin fight, and then he's like, I'm not going to the thing. I'm going to call Bulldog, and I'm going to take his spot. He takes Bulldog's spot, but he doesn't realize that means Roz has to come with him, and he's really upset and. Uh, and all that but there's so this is when we get like a string of callers like our of 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 celebrity callers and we get eric stoltz uh i can't i played don i forgot what don oh don was the one who was like sharing a, a, a story of christmas cheer about how like his like he left his shoes on the top of his car and drove off and they flew off and a homeless person picked him up and he decided to just let him keep him and he's like that's your christmas cheer Mm -hmm. Which is funny because later when Fraser goes to this diner and runs into a homeless guy, he's like, how's your Christmas going? He goes, oh, it's great. I found these random shoes flew off a car and I like straight onto my feet, which I, which got a really huge reaction from the group. And I really liked it. Uh, ben Stiller calls his Barry, who is crying about being depressed over the Christmas season. I forget why Rosemary Clooney calls, uh, but Rosemary Clooney from White Christmas calls. Mel Brooks calls to talk about his dog who died. Like everyone's getting more and more depressed. Um, and he's Frazier. The whole thing is Roz gets depressed and Frazier's like, you can go home. I can do this myself. There's a scene where like Frazier's just by himself and it's lit really. I don't know if this is what it's supposed to feel like. It's definitely supposed to feel like he's isolated and alone on Christmas and kind of sad. But like, it looks like when like Scrooge is the only one working at his desk in any of like the music, uh, the, uh, the Christmas carols, mm-hmm. And someone else calls, and the, the the person who called was named Dominic Dunn. Yes, Dominic mm-hmm. Dunn, who is a writer, journalist. I don't know who this person is. Do you know yes. who this person is? Uh, I think he's he's a, like you said, a journalist. I think he wrote for the New York Times. And I want to say he became really famous covering the O.J. Simpson trial. And that his, okay. I'm pretty sure that uh, he was led to become the type of journalist he was. I want to say that his daughter was killed, was the victim of murder. And that led him to wanting to mm. like cover you know trials and see justice be brought to people and stuff so so jeff calls because fraser like puts out a thing where he's like can someone please i just need a little holiday mm-hmm. spirit it's it's uh, the, what i like about this episode tara just did a thing for her work where she talks about having grief over the mm-hmm. holidays and like that sort of thing and i find that very interesting because christmas is not always necessarily a happy time mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me because i do think of like grief and sadness at christmas and bittersweet and there's a very specific feeling of sadness in certain christmas things i get and this did a really good job i think of hitting mm-hmm. that that note you know you've got 
um oh what's the movie where he's it, an angel gets its, it's wings it's a wonderful life yes and that's like a lot of grief at christmas and that sort of thing and that hits the tone right now that obviously has a ultimately happy ending but anyway so dominic calls and says you know when i'm feeling sad at christmas you know the thing you got to do is you just got to put on the sound of music and it's a great movie and who could he goes no one could feel uh could feel depressed watching that Dr. Crane and <laughs> Fraser goes, Jeff, are you a betting man? <laughs> like, it's, which I thought was a good line. Um, I, I do. I, so I, I, I want to go back oh, to go the ahead. sad Christmas, not to be like, let's talk about why Christmas can be sad. But one thing I always appreciated about my church in DC is they have a service every year called blue Christmas. That's I, I think mm-hmm. it's held during the week sometime. Um, maybe the week before Christmas. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I actually, it, it may be held on like the winter solstice, like the, the long, the shortest day of the year, the darkest day of the year. Um, but it's just like a time to acknowledge like the sad feelings that can come up during the season mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and I, I, I really have stayed away from holiday cards that are like, uh, uh you know, uh, sending joy to all or cause I, I, I just don't like the sentiment that like, this needs to be a happy, joyful time of year because it's not for a lot <laughs> yeah. of people. And so usually I tend to like, you know, towards this, go towards like messages of like a peaceful holiday season. And because mm. I mean, th- there's layers of emotions around them. And I feel like those should be all, you know, recognized and, you know, sat with and not necessarily just like shoved to the bottom because it doesn't match the like stereotype of a really happy, jolly holiday season. If you're interested in seeing Tara's little video on that, Harmony in Dementia, you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram and all those places. So, um, All right, so the final ish thing is Frasier is deciding to go out on Christmas and, and Roz, get some and I'm dinner. sorry if you already mentioned this and I missed it. Hasn't Roz had to like miss Christmas with her family to, be, to produce Frasier's show and she's like crying? Yes. <laughs> She's upset because of all these people and then he lets her go and, you know, is just she's like he he's like, I can do this myself, which like I feel like is what he should have done to begin with. There's a couple like you should have made better decisions in what your your thing was here, Frazier, but like I feel like that was our big thing with this show was like some of the like, Well, why didn't you just do this? Mm-hmm. Like was kind of a pain. There's a there's some big ones coming up next because he finds uh I don't remember if it's called Lou's Diner. I know the main waitress is named Lou, but he finds a diner that's open. And he goes in. So he's, I wrote this down. He's wearing like this torn up jeans and gray sweatshirt that I'm like, this looks like the thing. Like, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, this looks like what my dad would wear if he had to go do lawn work when it was cold. And I'm like, why does Frazier have this? I know we've talked about Frazier jeans before. No, we definitely talked about this when we covered this episode of like, how, yes. what does Frazier, like, Frazier would not even own something like this. And I guess it's just supposed to represent his emotional state right then like but it's it it feels like he it felt i think i wrote it felt like a costume Mm -hmm. like a high school productions costume of a hobo like Mm -hmm. it was like okay we've got because it looked like well we got to put some more holes in this jeans like he should have just worn jeans like those should have been it makes sense later because when he goes to the diner everyone thinks he is also homeless because he hasn't shaved in like a few days and his hair is like all messed up but he goes in and he's like sits next to uh, some unhoused uh, people, the guy who got the the sneakers, and he orders the Christmas plate, which comes with a turkey log and for dessert, a Yule log. And he's like, oh, I forgot how appetizing food sounds when you put it in log form, you know, that sort of stuff. And he eats it with them. And it's funny because it's like he's eating it with the one guy and then this other uh, unhoused person comes in who who is the bus driver from Speed? I thought that I was like I know this guy. How Wait, do I know this guy? The the, the, the let's say not the not the one whose bus explodes, but the one who like is on the bus and then gets shot and they have to get him off the bus. Yeah, they have to okay. get him off the bus. Yes, yes, yes. No, I thought you were saying uh, uh, like not the character. The character's like, "Woo, what a day." Um, but like <laughs> so he sits there, he goes, "Hey, are we having this?" He goes, "Are we having the same thing as last year? Is it is it last year's t- Christmas dinner?" And Fraser's like, "I'm not sure. This isn't the one from last year, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that." And the whole thing is, Fraser forgot his wallet, and then they go, "Oh, we got this. Mm-hmm. We got this." And he takes a collection from people because it's a whole thing of like it seems like people who are alone and people who are by mm-hmm. themselves. And that's the thing I like about it is it's and and they take in a collection. They pay for Fraser's meal, 
And the whole bit is, they're like, we're not, th- he goes, Chris, every, you know, the other days of the year, that's for the rich and the people who drive cars like that and points to the car that Frazier has parked out front. <laughs> and then, and Frazier kind of looks around and he goes, but today, today's for guys like us. Don't worry, whatever. Frazier leaves and then like ducks down and tries to get in his car. And around that time inside the diner, the waitress is like, somebody forgot their car keys. And then Frazier has to like sneak back in and get them. And the guy's like, we're not buying you dessert and it's a whole funny bit but the thing that i said the first i remember saying this first time we saw it and i still feel feel it now knowing the 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 harsh reality of of the unhoused and the and and the and 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 the less fortunate on christmas and stuff it's hard to watch this and not go like i would have liked to see the button is like the 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 button at the end of the episode is eddie chewing up uh the presents Mm -hmm. And I would have liked to have seen him come back with money mm-hmm. and like maybe buy everybody's dinner or something right. like Yeah. Yeah. It it makes Frazier not only seem like embarrassed and weird, which I is what I like Frazier, it also makes him feel a little unkind, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Then that was the one thing about it. But uh yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. Um I rate it seven uh, do we rate or no, you, go ahead, or rate, you, well, I was just gonna say this was, I mean, it was an interesting, because this is their first Christmas episode. It's an, interest, yeah. it's an interesting kind of take on that Christmas episode. And I, I do feel like uh, my memories of this episode are, is that there's still a lot of prickliness between Frasier and Martin. And that's mm-hmm. very like season one and early seasons of this show where Frasier and Martin were really still finding their footing around living together and being around each other like 24 seven. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene was like that, but it's also funny because I do feel like he's lightened up to it, but it's definitely a joke they make almost every Christmas where it's like, here's the tacky thing that Martin wants oh, to put up. Oh, don't you worry. I got one of those in mind. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I, and part of it is a nostalgia, part of uh, the nostalgia, not only of a Christmas thing. I know we talk about how good Christmas is, but also going back to season one was really delightful. So I gave this seven out of 10 turkey logs. Because I think it's not near. I think it's near the bottom of some of the Christmas episodes, but it was just fun. Like I said, to go back and see a bunch of uh, celebrity callers yes. to see the whole. You know, oh, I wrote at the beginning. F- there was Father Mike. There was Chopper Dan. It was like all these oh, characters man. are gone now. Yeah. Who came in? Like Chopper Dan, who always screams because yes. he's like lost yeah. all his hearing due to being in a helicopter. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, 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 Laurel! I totally almost forgot. We have a we have mail. <gasps> I've been holding on to this since we released our last episode. Yes, we have some, let's see. Yeah, from John Gamero, who I believe used to follow us on Twitter before we uh, got off Twitter. Howdy, gang. Loving the show as always and a little sad to see it getting so close to the finale. Uh, Heard your question about unorthodox Thanksgiving (gasps) foods and thought I'd kick in my two cents. My brother's family is a blended one, so some of the kids aren't able to be there on the actual Thursday of Thanksgiving. So their mom invented a second crazy Thanksgiving that fell on the days the kids and grandparents were available so everyone could attend. We each get to request a wish dish, and you either bring it along or they do their best to get it for you. I threw mine in for meatballs last year after I realized the menu was about 90% carbs, and thanks to having teens and babies make up about half the attendees. So much candy. Here's a pic of the sign-up sheet. Uh, happy holidays and excited for the next episode. And shout-outs to the homie Hussein who got me into the show in the first place. Uh, and then what do you want for Crazy Thanksgiving is the picture. And it's basically like name and like food. And it's like pho, Scooby Snacks, which is cinnamon and chocolate, fruit snacks, Auntie Anne's pretzel bites. Because this is like it sounds mostly kids. Uh something baked potato soup loaded baked potato soup let me zoom in heart attack crackers <laughs> uh pancakes sushi and sweet and sour meatballs so it's, oh it's the weirdest potluck i've ever I heard but anyway love this i have to say this is a little bit like i think maybe we talked about this in the last episode about how I approach Thanksgiving, if I'm like, we don't need to have the traditional things if no one likes the traditional things. Like, you know, I don't like green bean casserole, so I'm not going to make that. If no one else is like a big fan of green bean casserole, we don't need to have it. I, I like the, you know, make make what you want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is a little bit of a pendulum swinging almost too far in the other direction. But, but what a like, fun memory still this is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be a lot of fun. if it, And you know there's you know, got to be some adult who like tries Scooby Snacks for the first time and is like, oh my God, this is amazing. Have you ever had, like, you can buy a box of Scooby Snacks and they're just little cookies. They're kind of like Teddy Grahams, like cinnamon Teddy okay, Grahams. So I think they're pretty I good. I have to say, when you first described it, I thought it was just Puppy Chow. But it's it's not well, just Puppy Chow. Yeah, I didn't know if they meant like the box of Scooby mm. Snacks or if this was like, what's fun to think about is like maybe there's a recipe that grandma makes and then she calls them Scooby mm-hmm. Snacks or whatever. But I, either way, they're, they're if you ever see them, they're worth, they're, like I said, if you like those little cinnamon Teddy Grahams, they're like those. Um, well, thank you so much, John, for sharing uh, sharing that. I really, I really like this. Uh, I also just like the idea of this holiday of like, I mean, yes, it's kind of tied to Thanksgiving, but it's not on Thanksgiving and it's uh, just let's mm-hmm. all uh, just let's make something we want. Um so I will go ahead and take take the microphone now, everybody, uh, for season... F- the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> season 5, episode 9, Perspectives on Christmas. Uh, and the description is, Frasier and Niles coach Martin for his big vocal solo, and Frasier shops for the right presence. However, what I want to say is the real kind of shtick of this episode is misunderstandings all across misunderstandings and people's different perspectives of the same thing. And Ryan, I'm going to about to give this episode a very high compliment, which is I would offer this to somebody as a, I just need a typical Frasier episode to watch to give Mm. you a good idea as to what the, you know, the whole show is about and a good idea of the relationships and everything, because the overall like bent of the episode is that, Frazier has put off his Christmas shopping because he's trying to give the best gift ever. He wants to be really, what, what does he say? Um, he's determined to not settle. And it's now like Christmas Eve and he doesn't have presents for anybody. And he can't can't think of what he, what, what he wants to get anybody. And in the end, because everybody has had such a rough time, which I'm about to go into why they've all had a rough time. He is like, and he says, I think now is the time to give everybody the Christmas present that I've decided on. And they're all like, okay, great. And he's like, I'm going to sit down each of you and tell you from my heart what you mean to me. And they're all like, are you kidding? That's the worst present ever. <laughs> and so he's like, or I could call my masseuse and have him come again. I've ever massages. And they're all like, yeah. And so the episode goes through. You see each person on the table and the masseuse is like, whoa, your shoulder's really tight. Or, oh, wow, this ankle's really tender. And whoever's on the table is like, yeah, well, it's been a rough few days. And the masseuse is like, do you want to talk about it? And so then you hear their perspective. And it starts with... Uh, kind of Martin and Frazier are standing in front of the, in front of the tree. And this is kind of Frazier slash Martin's perspective and uh, standing in front of the tree. And Martin is saying, you know, Oh, like, you know, we, they're finishing decorating it. The tree is fairly tacky. Uh, and Martin is saying, gosh, you know, it's just, we spend so much time on this. And on December 26th, it just all comes down and it's all, it's all over. And it's just a memory. And Frazier turns around and says, yes, but we have your like light touch at decorating to remind us. And they pan out and it's like, you know, Santa Slee and Rudolph are going over the fireplace. And it's just like, there's obviously a lot of gaudy decor. So kind of different from the first season and that Frazier's now just given in and lets Martin do his like tacky decor. Real quick, there's a bit in mine where Martin goes to hang just like a fine looking wreath on the front door. He's like, what are you doing with that? He's like, I'm going to hang on the front door. He goes, it's plastic. And Martin goes, of course it's plastic. How else would it have lasted since 1967? <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Niles is helping them a little bit and like sipping some eggnog. And uh, they and, and Daphne comes in from having walked Eddie. And she's like, uh, and, and the minute she walks in, Niles is like, oh, Daphne. That's so dangerous of you standing under the mistletoe like that. Anyone could just come and kiss oh, you. Geez. And then Frazier goes, that's enough eggnog, Niles, and like takes his cu- his mug away. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, Daphne's like, Eddie did the strangest thing on our walk just now. We were passing that church a few blocks over, and Eddie turned to go inside like like he goes there frequently. And, and Frazier's like, you know, he did the same thing with me last week. And Daphne's like, do you know why, you know, he would, he would do that, Mr. Crane? And Martin says, oh, you, you know, like – it's like dogs are weird man the other day eddie and i were taking our daily bath and he just kept pushing the bar of soap around uh, all around the tub like an otter and <laughs> anyway fraser and martin go into the kitchen and martin pours himself some eggnog and fraser's like let me put some nutmeg on it and he accidentally puts paprika on it and martin takes a big sip and ends up like coughing and and everything Laurel. and then he's martin's like you know 
there is a reason Eddie wants to go into that church. I've been going to that church and I've been taking Eddie and Frazier's like, this is the family that bathes together, prays together. It's that (laughs) Martin kept running into the priest at the park and the priest took a shine to Eddie and said, we'd love to have Eddie in our nativity, our Christmas pageant that's happening. Martin ends up getting roped in and is, uh, is a shepherd and then gets upgraded to a wise man after someone gets bronchitis and now has a solo singing, Oh, Holy night, which anybody who recalls, Oh, Holy night, knows it has a very high note that, in my opinion, only Celine Dion and Josh Groban can hit. Well, I don't remember this episode at all. What? <laughs> like, you're saying it to me, and I'm like, I can kind of visualize what's happening, but I don't know if it's because... Like, have you ever because seen I'm those things online where they're like... <laughs> because you're doing such a good job. But it, it's all like, yes, this checks out. This feels like a Fraser episode. But if you just told... Like, you're like, JK, someone wrote this online last year. <laughs> like, I, I do not remember this so at all. I'm so glad I'm covering it then. Okay, well, good. So buckle up. You just got nothing but a treat ahead of you. And so Martin's <laughs> like, I'm really stressed about this. And Fraser's like, you know, Dad, you're just a little rusty. How about Niles and I will help you practice tonight? And you you just need to get your confidence back. And he and he's like, you know, he's like, the pipes are there. We just you you, you just got to like dust them off. And Martin, he's like, well, we'll start at eight tonight. And Martin's like, yeah, I used to remember those family picnics when I used to sing What's New Pussycat. And Fraser just kind of looks at him and goes, maybe we'll start at seven. So anyway, <laughs> but Martin is adamant. He doesn't want Daphne to know because she's going to want to come to the pageant. So he's like, Daphne can't find out. So like, later that night, uh, Niles, Fraser, and Martin are at the piano. And Martin is like, it's so embarrassing. Every time I hit the high note, Eddie buries his head in under like a pillow. And so they're, they're like, okay, dad, you know, let's just start. So they start singing, you know, it's like, Oh night when Christ was born, oh night. And then they get to the divine and Martin. I mean, John Mahoney is intentionally sounding like he is like giving birth or something. It is it is like a hippopotamus being like, I don't I don't know, tortured. It is such a terrible sound that he makes. Uh Eddie buries his head, the neighbor upstairs starts banging on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh they, they they try to, you know, coach him a little bit more. It's not really getting that much better. Then we switch perspectives now. And now it's Daphne's perspective of this whole thing. And it's her coming in. Uh, Niall says, oh, Daphne, you can't. She, she says, uh, oh, were you about to say something? I Now the idea that it's the same thing over and over again is familiar. But up until now, Laurel, if you told me, if you pitched this to me like you came up with it originally, I would have been like, not only is this a great Frasier episode, wow, Laurel, have you considered going into <laughs> writing for television? I was like, because it, it, it feels, you know, obviously it was a Frasier episode, but I was like, what was it? But I do remember this bit about let's see everybody's. Yes. The same thing over and well, over again. I don't of, remember the masseuse but, but part. But what happens is every part advances the plot line a little bit. So now it's mm-hmm. Daphne's perspective. She's saying to the masseuse, like, you know, it's been a stressful few days. And she, and she's like, well, let me start at the beginning. You know, I came back from a walk with Eddie and Dr. Crane's brother was there. And he's always been such a good friend to me. So she comes in with Eddie and Niles is like, Daphne, you mustn't stand under the mistletoe like that. A piece could fall off and land in your eye. And she's like, oh, you're right, Dr. Crane. And she like, you know, moves in with Eddie. And then she brings up the thing about Eddie turning into the church. And she asks Martin, do you know why he would do that? And in her version, Martin just goes, I don't know. Dogs are weird. And then just walks off into the kitchen. And she hears Martin coughing. And she's like, Mr. Crane, are you okay? And in Fraser's version, Fraser comes out and is like, oh, yeah, Daphne, we're fine. But in Daphne's version, Fraser comes out and goes, oh, it's okay, Daphne. We're we're fine. So it's showing how like Daphne's memory of this is just leading her to get worried. And she says to Niles, like, you know, I bet I know what's happening. My, my uncle started going to church all the time. Turned out he gotten very bad medical news and he started going to church, like make peace with God before he died. And Niles is like, Oh, you know, dad never has so much as, as a hangnail without letting the whole world know about it. But here, let me give you a hug. I can see you're very upset. <laughs> so that's where we get some like horny Niles in there. It happens a little bit. And there's just little things throughout. Like at one point, Martin is just like looking at the tree and Daphne's like, what's, what, what's wrong, Mr. Crane? And, and he says, oh, it's just all over so fast. And Daphne just keeps turning away from whoever she's talking to and like silently crying. And so this whole time she insists on giving Martin his Christmas present early. And he's like, oh, I can die a happy man. And she just keeps assuming that he's dying. <laughs> and finally, at one point, he's like, 
or she, when she says, can I give you a Christmas present early? He's like, I don't have very much time. And she's like, how much time do you have? And he says, oh, about 20 minutes. And she's like, 20 minutes. And that's when it kind of breaks. And she's like, wait, what? And he was like, and I got to tell you, it's the last time I'm doing one of these Christmas pageants. And she's like, a Christmas pageant? You're in a Christmas pageant? He's like, what did you think this whole time? And she's like, I thought you were dying. So they're arguing. And then as they're arguing, Niles enters and he's, He's wearing a suit. It's torn. His hair is must. He's covered in like patches of dirt and grease. And he kind of like hat walks in hunched over and they're arguing and barely notice him. And then Niles just collapses. And then they both stop and look at him. And then you pivot to Niles's perspective. Okay. And it's Niles getting on the elevator at Frazier's. It's a crowded elevator and someone has a huge Christmas tree. And he's like, oh, well, I must stand close to the door because um, this is a brand new uh, handcrafted Italian suit. And sap is so hard to get out of silk. Um, and I was like, oh, Niles never change. Uh, and the elevator gets stuck. And they talk to the person through the little box. And he's like, it's going to be an hour before I can get somebody there. At which point I was like, no, the fire department would be on their way. And But whatever. And they say, unless somebody can crawl through the top and flip the manual release lever. So Niles. <laughs> and is he the only one big enough? He's the only one small enough. Oh, sorry. And yeah, who yeah, isn't yeah. an elderly person. So he climbs up the tree <laughs> through the top, switches the lever. And everybody then, as he climbs to the top, he lands in a puddle of grease. And then everybody exits the elevator. He doesn't realize they've exited. He sticks his head down. You might remember this. David Hyperius's head comes out from like the top of the. No. <laughs> like I can see it, but I can't verify that it's not. I've watched eleven seasons of this show and just know what it would look like. Versus, is it an actual memory? Do you understand? Yes. What I'm saying? No. I no. I hundred percent. Um. And so this is amazing. I I kind of might watch this episode today. And so then he finally gets to Fraser's floor. He the elevator's empty except for him in the ginormous tree. He's crawling out of the elevator. He's like, by the time I got to you know my brother's apartment, obviously I was a little worse for wear, but I composed myself enough to walk in. So when in Niles's memory, when he walks into Daphne and Martin fighting. He's standing up straight. Yes, he's very like disheveled and everything, but he's standing yeah. up straight and walks in very normally. And so then <laughs> he said, once I was able to tell my story, it shows him sitting on Fraser's couch with Daphne handing him like some tea. And Niles is like, and then I, you know, finally got, got off on your floor. And gosh, I mean, I don't even know how you get grease out of Italian silk. And Fraser says, well, it appears brown suede is doing the job nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and then anyway, the doorbell rings. Frazier goes and answers it and it's Roz. And she goes, Merry Christmas and throws his present in and it lands on the ground. And he's like, Roz. And then it switches to Roz's perspective. And Roz is pregnant in this episode. And she's feeling self-conscious about having gained pregnancy weight. And so. So we know she's we know pregnant. She's this pregnant. isn't like, okay. It's Christmas and the Halloween episode is when you find out she's pregnant. The Halloween episode. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So Roz is pregnant. It be, her story begins with her entering Nervosa Niles and Fraser are there and Roz is like, I've been kind of self-conscious about like gaining weight. And she sits down and Niles says, well, if you're going to, if you're going to sit Roz, uh, I'm sure you're going to order food. So I will take my leave. And she said, is that a crack about how much I eat? And he said, not at all. It's a crack about your table manners. And Niles like exits. Uh, and anyway, Roz was saying, she was like, just talking about how, you know, she's been feeling kind of like down about herself and, uh, and her appearance and everything. And then she's, uh, and then Fraser's phone rings and it's Roz's mom. And she's like, Oh, I gave her your number after I left the office back when not everybody had a cell phone. And so, uh, Fraser, you know, answers and passes it over to her. And she's like, yes, mom, I, I'm picking up at the airport. Yes. I know when your flight is. Yes. I'll like, I'll be there. Don't worry. And Fraser's like, Oh, let, let me talk to her and say happy holidays. And so Roz goes, okay. And she passes the phone to Fraser. Roz gets up to go order a coffee. And Fraser's like, hi, Mrs. Doyle. Happy holidays. And looks over his shoulder a little bit to make sure Roz in there. He's like, listen, Roz is feeling pretty self-conscious about having putting on some pregnancy weight. So I just wanted to give you a heads up to, you know, make sure to not say anything to her about it when you see her. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you. Happy holidays. And he hangs up and Roz sits down and, and she's like, I'm sorry. I was oh, her mom didn't know, did she? She didn't know, and she's. Oh my god! Do you? How do I not remember this episode? I don't know. It's. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm watching it right now. I, within the first four minutes, was like, I am so glad I picked this episode to watch. <laughs> and so Roz sits down, and she's like, Fraser, I'm sorry, I've been so like snappish lately. I think I'm just really stressed about finally telling my mom that I'm pregnant. And Fraser's like. You haven't told her yet? And she's like, well, no. I mean, it's not like something you blurt out over the phone. <laughs> and, and 
So anyway, oh it turns God. out that Frazier and Roz have signed up for some sort of charity Santa thing that afternoon. That they've spent an hour at the mall. Frazier playing Santa. And Ro- okay, starting to come back. This to is you. feeling <laughs> familiar. Yeah. Okay. Roz comes up. No, there's another one where doesn't she? There's Dean Kane Santa, and she's got a thing oh. for Dean Kane Santa. I'm thinking of that one. Was that Dean Kane Santa? I think or it was, was it Dean Kane. It was Dean Kane playing Santa. Oh, okay, I okay. I don't, I don't remember. Or she, she met him outside, and then she, as because she meets him later as not Santa, and she's not into him, and she can't figure oh, out why. Okay. I think. Okay, God, I got. I don't remember that episode. Uh, and so they they get to the mall, and and Roz like walks up to Fraser in her Mrs. Claus outfit, and she's like, you know, I couldn't find parking, blah blah, blah. And, and not to mention like when I put on my costume, I split my pants. And she's like, and I just also don't know how I'm going to tell my mom. Like, you know, the, the time just keeps getting closer. And Frazier's like, well, maybe she already knows. And she's like, what do you mean maybe she already knows? There's no way she already knows. The only other person she's talked to who knows is, oh, my God, Frazier, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then all these kids are like, why is Mrs. Claus yelling at Santa? <laughs> and it ends with Roz screaming that she she hates that, like, that she hates Frazier. She hates like Santa and she hates this holiday and she like kicks a bunch of presents and storms off. And so, and then she was like, this, uh, this is vaguely familiar. And then, so then she's very Roz is saying to the masseuse, like, well, but I still had to go by Fraser's to give him his champagne glasses. I got him for Christmas. So that's when she knocks she on the door and throws him. And w- in her version, you hear shattering glass. Oh, okay. And so Fraser, he's like, Roz, like, please come in. He was like, how would I look sending you away a pregnant woman on Christmas Eve? And so Roz, he convinces Roz to like spend the night. And that's when he was like, I'll give everybody their Christmas present. And that's when he says, I would love to sit down and tell all of you, like, you know, how much you mean to me. And they're all like, no, that sucks. And so. So we don't get Frazier's perspective well, on this? We, you're right. We don't. And I thought this really lines up to when Frazier was just the straight man in this series. And all yeah. of the characters are like the wacky ones. So we don't get Frazier's perspective. Um, but I kind of don't need Frazier's perspective. No, I, that's what I thought was interesting about it. Like, I felt like if you're like, and now we get Frazier's perspective, I'm like, one too many. Yes. Like, you know, like it felt really good. Well, Laurel, I know you want to rate this episode, but I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 retellings because I really enjoyed going down this list with you. It was so good. I am giving this 10 handcrafted Italian suits that it's really hard to get sap out of. Like, um, (laughs) it... It was so it was so fun to rewatch, and right. it's such a good Christmas episode. And it is just Frasier at some, at some of its best of like misunderstandings, different people's perspectives, um, and everybody playing up to their like uh, very uh, to, to kind of their their character traits to a hilt. Oh, I should also say, I'm sorry, I left out a part about Martin at the very end when everyone's yelling at each other. Martin comes storming in in his wise man costume with Eddie. And it turns out that when he hit his high note, Eddie jumped into the manger, grabbed the baby Jesus, and started shaking it. What's What's funny to me is in in this retelling, I almost expected, uh, oh my god, uh, Eddie to be the baby Jesus and like like him in the manger. Anyway, yeah. can I tell you what Jack Russell would be amazing as a baby Jesus? Mm-hmm. This one right here. Well, because. There'd be no worries of like, well, what if he gets up and runs around? <laughs> Not a worry at all. I mean, I I carry him because um, we have, uh, on occasion, started to perhaps answer nature's call before we've gotten into the elevator and gone downstairs. So often, if I feel like that's about to happen. I will scoop him up and carry him what I call sunny side up. So I carry him like a baby <laughs> where his like stomach is up into the air and I'm just like holding him under his back. And people... Sunny side up. That's funny. People will get into the elevator and be like... Oh, he loves being carried that way. And I'm like, yes, that's why I do it. Not because he was about to pee on everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I, I, I want to put a call out to the, to the craniacs. If you've got, I want to hear funny holiday stories from y'all. I want to hear traditions maybe that are not the usual ones, you know, or send us the usual ones or what, what do you love about the holiday season? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are craniacs at gmail.com. C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Craniacs, a Frasier podcast. It's a good way to kind of post links and, and pictures and stuff that we talk about in the episode. I would love for you to post so Did I already say this? The picture that John shared, if you could post that in the Facebook group. Yes, he did a good job of, of covering up everyone's name. Like, yeah. like, so we don't have all his family's names. So, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll post it. I'll, I'll reach out to him and double check. But, yes, if Perfect. so, we'll post it. If not, I'll just I'll write up the list myself. <laughs> um, uh 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Pods, wherever you get us, give us a five-star review. Help out our little podcast. If you don't want to give us a five-star review, I'm sure Laurel has a very festive uh, 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 option for you to do instead. I, I do. I do. Don't you worry. Uh, everybody, I, you know, Ryan wanted you to share your holiday traditions. I'm going to share one of mine, which is that every Christmas Eve... My family watches The Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, mm. We watch it at different times of day. Sometimes, depending on what we have going on, it'll be a little earlier, like maybe late afternoon. But it's usually it's a Christmas night thing. Um, it is. My mom, a former English teacher, likes it. Well, everybody loves it. But she is especially impressed with how faithful it is to the Dickens uh, story. And that some of the lines are directly from the Dickens story. It is just so charming. So funny. So touching i i mean if anybody's like muppet christmas girl i don't remember that i don't know who you are and where you've been uh yeah i'm assuming this person is is in their early 20s <laughs> at the oldest so, a, a few things about muppet christmas carol uh the paramount just showed it this week and one of my coworkers mm-hmm. went and she is maybe uh or, or early 30s maybe exactly 30 her first time seeing it ever and i was like i'm sorry what i saw it folks in the theater when it came out and then got it on VHS the next Christmas. And we still watch the OG VHS, which has a preview in fr- at the beginning for wait for it. The lion King coming out the next summer. Uh, oh, wow. It is like, and the reason we still watch it on the original VHS is that I have it on DVD as well. And they have removed a song from later versions. And my, uh, the, the first part of love is gone yes. or the love is my, my yeah. family does not, uh, we don't, we, we don't like censorship. We don't like, um, edits to, I don't, I don't know why I said censorship. I don't know. That's actually censored, but like, we don't like edits to the original. So, well, it's interesting. Cause that song, I don't know that it was in the original release. I'm, I'm going to post, I, regardless, there's a really good article. I send to people every year about the, about Paul Williams, who was the writer you know, he was on the Muppet, and uh, he was a guest star on the Muppets episode of the Muppet Show. He's a writer, a, 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 a songwriter in the '70s. He wrote all the the song. He wrote Rainbow Connection. He wrote all that the Muppet movie. He be he had a really hard time with alcoholism, um, and he had gotten sober, and they brought him back to write for um, Muppet Christmas Carol. And it's really interesting re-listening to those songs under the lens of somebody who is dealing with. Uh, reflecting mm-hmm. on their 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 alcoholism and how everyone hates scrooge and then at the end like the 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 loving heart i forgot the exact name but the him going around that's supposed to be like his recovery mm-hmm. there was a story from it where he was meeting uh heart. michael kane do what it's called a thankful heart that one that that's all about him being like i'm so glad to be alive mm-hmm. i'm so glad that i have people in my life like it's it, if you look re-listen to it through that lens it's a very fascinating i mean they're wonderful christmas songs on their own but this is another step mm-hmm. There's a story about when he met Michael Caine uh, to get ready for this and be like, let's talk about your range. You know, all the things you talk about if you're going to write music mm-hmm. for somebody. And he's like, it's so glad to meet you. I've always really wanted to meet you. And Michael Caine looked at him and was like, we spent a weekend in Vegas together. And he had no recollection. And he's like, he had no recollection. And he's like, that's when I knew. So it's this article I find every year. It's very interesting, but very, very cool to that. But I, anyway. I'll post it on. I'll Please post do. it on the Facebook. I'm page honestly a little about. surprised you've never shared that with me before. Uh, just because I feel like we talk about my Christmas Carol a lot. Also, find it funny that he met with Michael Caine to talk about his range. Because guys, if there is a weak link in the movie, it is Michael Caine's singing voice, <laughs> and he he like realizes it after a while and mainly does like the talk singing kind of. But um, I, it's just mm-hmm. if you have never watched it. So I, I talked it up so much that last night one of my coworkers he has a three year old. He sent a picture of his three-year-old watching it. He was like first viewing, and I was like, "Okay, but I hope the Ghost of Christmas Future isn't too scary." Um, and the, or the Marleys. The Marleys are kind of scary if you're a kid. I, I, yes, but I, I, I don't know. The Ghost of Christmas Future in the mist. Not as much as the in Ghost. In the yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Magoo Christmas Carol, I often have to fast forward, <laughs> even as an adult, past the Ghost of Christmas Future because it is so scary. Um, He's always scary. Have you ever seen Mickey's Christmas no. Carol with Uncle Scrooge? It, he turns out to be Pete, but Pete's like smoking a like at the beginning he doesn't show who he is, and then he does his Pete. He's like, he basically throws Ebenezer Scrooge into his own grave, and the grave becomes hell. Oh and I'm God. like, what is happening? Well, good times. Um, so anyway, and then this morning another one of my coworkers texted me that she was watching it. Um, but I also learned 
earlier this week that Matt has never seen Muppet Christmas Carol. Wow. So I was like, what a treat awaits you. I was about to next... say, what a treat for you. <laughs> well, yeah, next Sunday, I was like, the, you know, I was almost said my last name. Our The household in Dallas, we will all be, you know, sipping whatever beverage of choice we have. And then we'll become the annual viewing of Muppet Christmas Carol. Because last year, oh. I had COVID. I couldn't go home for Christmas. And I was too sad to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And don't worry, everybody. I'll be seeing Uncle Gary on Christmas Day. Uh, oh, man. I'll be sure to send all of your regards to him and I'll guilt him a little does bit. Does Uncle Gary have a Christmas story leg lamp? It feels like if anybody does, it might be Uncle Larry. No, but one thing that they do every year is as they get close to Christmas, they decide which team they're going to support and the tree is either decorated as a cowboy tree or a Steelers tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, it's the same. I mean, they don't have like all cowboy or all Steelers ornaments. It's just like... It's really whatever football helmet goes at the top of the tree. Is, is right. They get to decide like who they think is the winning team to back for the year. So uh, to like back going into the playoffs. So yeah. Well, Merry Christmas, Craniacs. Happy holidays. Just have a nice, relaxing, peaceful mm-hmm. winter, no matter what you do. And uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all. Laurel is the expert.